Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Good Humans podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to the first guest episode of 2023. I cannot wait for you to listen to this one. Thank you so much if it's your first time coming here today. I really appreciate it. You are going to be pumped on this episode. Make sure you go back and check out a bunch of our other episodes. We have so many incredible guests, plus a whole bunch of other content here on Good Humans Podcast. If it is your first time, make sure you go hit subscribe and follow to kick off 2023. Leave us a five-star rating and also leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts. I would love you so much if you could do that. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Drinker Rapper, the Brain Function Drink, who has been supporting us for a long time, is coming on board to support us all year this year, which I am so excited for. So a Rapper is a brain function drink that has some incredible things in it. It's a New Zealand Euroberry black currant flavor. It's just delicious. And yeah, there's a lot of positive benefits from it. So consumption of a wrapper helps clear cortisol from the brain, similar to the effects of mindfulness and meditation practices. So you combine that with your mindfulness and meditation. And yeah, it's basically going to make your brain perform better short term and also improve your brain health long term. If you do want to check out a wrapper, make sure you head over to the website, drinkarepper.com. You can pick up some of their product online. Use the code GOODHUMAN for a massive 25% off. Let's make 2023 the year where we look after ourselves, we look after our friends, and yeah, make sure you look after your brain. So go check out a rapper. All right, today's episode, Leah Scott is an absolute legend. She's a breathwork coach. She's studied the Wim Hof method and has a really unique story. It was really special giving her some space to share. little pre-warning. To be honest, I've just finished editing the episode and I actually speak over Leah a couple times, which I'm a bit embarrassed about, but I apologize to Leah for that, but I got very excited the whole way through this chat. So pre-warning, I do speak over Leah a few times. I'm going to work on getting headphones um, to record with so that doesn't happen anymore, but apologies to Leah, but this episode is absolutely incredible. So Leah had quite a yeah, interesting story. It blew me away. She was not open to breath work. She was not open to spirituality or any of these things growing up. And then, yeah, some things started changing for her. She had a divorce. She went through some really difficult times and got kind of hit with some depression and anxiety and was recommended to take antidepressants, but it just didn't feel right for her. And she kept having these visions of her being in a lake. And then she found Wim Hof through the Joe Rogan podcast and her life changed. She chased down a completely different path, completely transformed her life. And now she's transforming so many other people's lives she is a breathwork instructor. She runs retreats. She's just basically positively affecting so, so many people's lives through the power of breathwork. I hope you really enjoy this episode. If you do, please make sure you leave us, um, oh, sorry, please make sure that you share it on your Instagram story. Tag both me and Leah. All the um, information will be in the show notes for that. 
yeah, I really want to make this year the year where the podcast gets shared around. I know the value that so many of you have been getting from it. And yeah, it's all going to come down to you guys. So if you're enjoying it, make sure you tell someone about it. If you think breath work's something you want to try, make sure you get in touch with Leah. All the stuff is in the show notes. You're going to love this episode. I know I really enjoyed having this chat. So yeah, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Leah Scott. How you going, Leah? Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's great to have you here. It's um. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you. Breathwork is something that I have done quite a lot of, but it's something that I'm fascinated by and I think the world needs to know more about, which we're going to talk to you plenty about today, which is very exciting. Yeah, and ice baths too, Cooper. And ice baths. We've done plenty of them. <laughs> Scary, but we've got to love them. We've got to love them. But first, before we kick off, um, I do have to thank our podcast sponsor, Areepa. Areepa is a brain function drink. You said you haven't seen it before no, when I just time. showed you the bottle. So it's um a neuroscience drink. It's been mm-hmm. developed by neuroscientists. From over in New Zealand, it's got a New Zealand neuroberry in it and then also pine bark extract and L-theanine, which is like the calming. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, yeah, they've spent like $5 million on clinical studies now to prove it that it holds up to the scrutiny of blood double-blind studies and shows that it improves short-term brain performance but also has um, benefits for long-term brain health. So pretty much a super drink and yeah they're starting to take the world by storm so we'll see how it goes from the podcast if you enjoy it yeah and right, up, right up my alley yeah wrap thank you and see if ah. you like it's quite strong black currany flavor but it's delicious oh yeah that's right it's really nice mm. but yeah it's um it's good it gets the brain going it's, yeah nice it's really tasty but getting high for the podcast perfect that's all that's Love it that. Getting the brain all fired up. But the first question I do open all of my Good Humans podcasts with is, yep. what are you grateful for right now? Oh, what am I grateful for? My journey. My journey, the ups and downs, you know, the ins and outs, the highs and the lows. It's just given me a deep intrinsic trust for life, mm. um, especially the last seven years that I've been on. So, yeah. Wow, well, I'm excited oh. to catch up on this story and learn all about it. Yep um amazing so let's rewind back to the beginning where'd you grow up what was life like from what you can remember as a kid and kind of what set your values and family life as a child up to like let's say high school yeah wow great question so I um grew up in Coulomb actually not far from here Mm -hmm. Coulomb Beach um that was for the first 12 years and um I was a very um I loved my sports I loved the outdoors spending time in nature um, you would either catch me at school or, uh, you know, on the, the football field, the netball field, uh, gymnastics and um, or on my bike, you know, just exploring the streets, hanging out with friends and, you know, I was never an indoors child whatsoever. Very free. You know, on the weekends we would go to Kenilworth actually and swim in the rivers. Uh, Mum and Dad set up a tent and... Um, yeah, so I was brought up quite a, it was a very, I think, extraordinarily ordinary childhood back then, I would have to say. You know, the treat was, might have been KFC on a Friday night. Mum and dad struggled, I suppose, in a way financially, but I never really noticed it, you know. And um, yeah, at about the age of 12, we did the big move down to, Browley, which is close to Batemans Bay, about four hours south of Sydney on the coast. Big change. Big change. Everything, yeah, changed from then. I went into high school and um, 
um, I suppose, uh, you know, made lots of friends and um, it was a Catholic school. Also, what was very unique about this school is that I entered it um, the first year it was open. So going into, you know, year seven, year eight, year nine, we were the highest every year. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So quite different. You know, we were the leaders, so to speak. And So what, it started with year seven and only year seven. And yeah. then the next year there was year seven and eight. They didn't open it to everyone to begin. That's correct. Interesting. So, so the school, you know, slowly got bigger each year and wow. evolved that way. And um, so there was quite, you know, it was quite disciplined and I was... I suppose out of my comfort zone because it was a Catholic school and, you know, I was this wild child, um, you know, this, I suppose I didn't sit still all that often, but um, it was again, quite typical. I think, you know, I um, made lots of girlfriends and we had, you know, the fight at around year 10 and that was quite difficult and I changed schools um, and then I found my husband Wow. Um, that was, I was just, I was 16, nearly 17 um, at the time. And yeah, you know, didn't tend to school much after that and got a bit wild, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, you know, did the usual, the young 20s thing and just experienced life that way. Um, but yeah, and then married by like, I think 23, 24. Wow. So, so when you were finishing high school, mm. what was your vision that you kind of wanted to go into with a career and what were your kind of ambitions leaving high school? Yeah, this, this is a great question because I didn't have any, mm. I really struggled with that. Um, my friends, they knew who they, they knew what they, let's say they knew what they wanted to be after mm. school. Um, you know, especially being at the Catholic school and, um, you know, the, the discipline and everything and we had to know and all of that. Um, but I was always unsettled, you know, I was quite lost in that way and I never knew why. So always, again, like incredibly into the sports side. Um, but um, I suppose, suppose within, you know, uh, the culture really tells you the programming that you have to be successful at school. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just didn't know. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to be. And it didn't make sense back then, but it does now. Yeah. So what did you do post-school? You were with your partner at the time. Yeah. You're still with your partner? Or? No. Okay. No, we'll, we'll get to we'll, that. We'll get to that. So yeah. married early. What are you doing for work in your early 20s? Because yeah. I'm intrigued to f find where this kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say enlightenment, but mm -hmm. where this path has led you to being a breathwork instructor because I feel like there's always a bit of a click or a turning point. I'm excited to see where we get to it. But, yeah, let's talk about early 20s, married young. What was the goals back in your 20s? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I many different jobs. It was more just to make ends meet. Um, my husband at the time, he was an abalone diver. Wow. Yeah, so a bit different. Um, and, again, that lifestyle, you know, we were out on the water, we were diving. Um, I worked for Flight Centre, worked at a jewellery shop, um, I worked for the council. It, um, it all rather bored me, you know, but it was, again, it was to pay the rent and live. Uh, and I had, uh, we had two boys, so I had my son at 25, yeah. um, Max, and later, two years later, or 20 months later, Ari. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay, so how much did that change life? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's when I really understood love, you know, when I saw my boys. Um, it was a big turning point for me, and I think it was really started to be the separation between myself and my husband at the time. Um, I didn't want to party anymore. And um, I suppose the, you know, the stress of raising the kids, they were quite close together. Well, I took the stress on, I should say. And, um, yeah, we separated about um, six years after my second child, which is now seven years ago. Wow. So. Interesting. Yeah. I find, uh, just the fact that you brought that up, because I think that I've heard that before in stories with people having kids young and then, having children can like not separate the parents but kind of show like a differing goals and it sounds like the way you said that you didn't want to party anymore and then it's like values begin to like split between couples is that kind of how it felt for you with your yeah. partner back then yeah for sure I mean that is quite the surface stuff um there was a lot more going on but at the same time we were so young when we met mm. you know we were best friends we had a great time wild together um, and yeah, it could be a time thing, you know, mm. it, he suited me at that point in my life. Absolutely. Um, but there was just so much lacking, you know, and I stayed with him for years and I just remember in those last, um, you know, those last few years, the, just the moments of, um, the insights, like, is this all life is, mm. you know, what else is out there? Um, I stayed for fear, you know, I stayed because of security, my, security, my lack. Um, and until I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there was that, that breaking point and I was, yeah, I was done. And Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, I don't know if at all your relationship was toxic, but just kind of, if a relationship ends, it kind of ends up. I guess being like that a bit, I actually spoke to a toxic relationship specialist yesterday for the podcast. I don't know if it'll be out or not before your episode. I see we'll work that out, but her name's Dr. Heidi from over in Montana in the U S which is super interesting. And same thing. She was with her partner, had kids. And when her kids were 11 and 12, she had to run away from her toxic husband and leave her two children behind, which I was just like, you must've got to a pretty bad point. If you're going to leave your two daughters behind with your husband, who you think is so toxic. Mm. But yeah, it's just interesting. The dynamic when people do have to end a marriage and like, did your kids end up coming with you once their marriage ended? Yeah, we tried, we, we um, shared them initially for the first year. Um, but that was, it was a horrific time for, for both of us. Um, but the greatest year of my life, I always tell people. Um, so we shared them and then, it wasn't working, so I took them away to Jindabyne, actually, for a couple of years. No way. Yeah. I do love Jindabyne. Uh, Snow babies. We do. Oh, my goodness. We're uh, on the mountains. How good is that? <laughs> so you go to Jindabyne, start raising your family kind of by yourself there for mm. a little bit. What are you doing for work there once you're there to support yourself? And, yeah, what does your future look like then? Mm. Well, um, just to take the story back in yeah. that year after I separated. Yeah, why well, was it the best that, year of your life? That was everything. So it was um, rock bottom, extreme anxiety, stress, depression, um, worry. I lost 90% of people out of my life overnight wow. like that. They were gone. 
the person who I was just died. You know, I was a shell. Mm. Um, I was in fear of the future, so depressed about the past. Um, and after a few months, you know, I was noticing that I was avoiding leaving the house. Um, and that was, yeah, the panic attacks and, um, but some really interesting, you know, awakening moments at that time occurred where, um, you know, and just to briefly go into it, it would be for a couple of minutes and, um, time would almost slow down. And it was this clear shift in consciousness where I felt like I woke up. Um, and I was not the same after that. So after those, um, those awakening moments. What led to them? Do you, do you know? Was there like anything that you did that led to those moments or was it just, yeah, what, yeah how did these moments come up? So this is a really good question because why did it happen? Mm. Um, it was the most horrific place I've ever been in mentally. Like I was so low. Mm. I literally held on cause I had two kids to raise. Um, it was the despair was just horrific and, um, the loneliness and why it happened. Why was I, and I tell people it was a gift. These, these awakening moments were a gift. Um, because I started to see the world, um, from, a, through a completely different lens. Mm. So it's funny. I felt like I was almost like in this autonomous, all these autonomous loops within my life continuously. Like I was shut off. I was in a box and all of a sudden the walls come down from my mind. Um, and so from that moment, I started my seeking journey. Did what happened then? Was there something that clicked or was it you were just sitting at home one day and you're like, no, it's time to be the hero of my story, not the victim anymore. It's time to break these walls down. Was there something that happened or was it just one day you were sitting there and changed your mind? Uh, the first one I was actually, I had the TV on the news um, and I don't know what led to this, but I used to turn the TV on because I just wanted to hear voices. Distraction. My, mm. Distraction. And, you know, my boys would go back to their dad and I'd never, I'd, I'd raise them 24 seven, mm. you know, so it was quietness. So I'd turn the TV on and then it was constant fear in the news, like constant, constant fear. Mm. And I just remember looking at it and just, like I said, time slowed down. I started to float in the air. Like I wasn't a part of my mind and body anymore. And I just thought, what is this? shit wow. like what is this it's just this fear it's just not helping me paralyzing so, hmm. yeah and so it turned off that i turned off the tv um and it was gone that was it i never watched you News know never, again. yeah wow. or mainstream stuff it was yeah um and another one where i was walking down the mall and i looked in to one of the women's clothes shops and it was just for some reason my mind thought I, I just looked at it and thought the consumerism the materialistic items all this rubbish that's come from China and again it was the same feeling of I was walking but I wasn't in my mind and my body mm. like almost a feeling of spirit um, 
and I was thinking like what is going on here how can we sustain this type of living were you spiritual before this no. or did you would you call yourself open to this sort of awakening because I'm just like trying to wrap my head around I just like think of different especially women I have in my life that are a bit older that I'm like oh my god I wish this happened to them yeah. <laughs> I'm like how I just want to trying to wrap my head around how it clicked for you because there's so many people that I wish this would sort of happen to and be open to this breath work and this kind of awareness and this consciousness mm. and for so many it just goes forever and it never comes yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how that clicked from just watching tv one day it's like so many people aren't even open to changing their mind. Their self-beliefs are so ingrained and their victim and their fear mentality never is overcome. Mm. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. But, yeah, yeah. so what, how does that keep moving, that story? So um, I've done research since then. Um, I'll just to quickly say one other awakening moment was the following weekend um, I was lying in bed and I had visions of myself floating in a river. Um, where I had my hands out and I was just looking up and I had this unbelievable pull, you know, to go into the river. Um, and I thought I'd completely lost the plot. But Just quickly, these all sober, yeah. all these experiences, if you don't mind me asking. So, oh, 100%. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No judgment sober. if it's not, but no, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I make yeah. sense. She was on the mushrooms. Yeah, I was like, hey, it sounds a bit like mushrooms, but <laughs> no, no, that incredible. comes later on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that part. Yeah, but look, the, I've done research since then, and I know from what I can see, like some of the spiritual teachers have talked about their, they call them awakening yeah. moments too, and it's quite similar, but some people are born like into this world and they don't fit in. Mm. They know like already that there's something else going on mm. um for me it wasn't that i was in the world you know whatever we want to call that world just consumed by the reality of the masses rather than the awareness of the few yes yeah um so i had the visions and i thought i'd lost it told my girlfriend and she thought i'd completely lost it as well um so it was off to the doctors and um, i was offered anxiety pills sleeping tablets and I had this gut feeling, this insight that come in that said there's another way. No other options? They didn't ask you to get your sleep, your nutrition, your exercise right first? No, they didn't ask me about community. You know, it was... She actually said to me that, you know, I can see that you're quite fit um, and you... Still you know, feel like this, must went, be. Yeah, so here's a script and it was like... And by that point, like I said, I'd had that shift in consciousness and I was getting whispers. You know, I was listening to the, the insights and the odd epiphany and I walked out of the doctors then and I thought, I'm going to change my life. You know, I'm going to seek out, I'm going to start to talk to people. I know my mental health is because of there's fear there. Mm. You know, there's a great deal of fear. Um, and so I started to, yeah, just become more, you know, and observe life. And, Curious. Um, yeah, yeah. And I tried, you know, a few different um, bits and pieces, but I listened to Wim Hof, the Iceman, on a podcast with Joe Rogan. And um, I've listened to that one. Yeah, did you? Have you listened to his one with Russell Brand? That one's yes. incredible too. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's mm. one of his his latest ones. No, I think this is an early one. This is a while ago. Oh, okay. I remember listening to it on a plane and doing the breath work in the podcast on the plane and just like having this like, whoa. 
Oh, brilliant. In altitude, time. too. Yeah. I sick. love it up it there. It was so good. <laughs> it's like an extra It was high. so good. But yeah, Wim Hof and um, Russell Brand's a great episode, too. But go on. Yeah. So, Joe Rogan, Wim Hof. Yeah. And, um, you know, Wim talked about his severe mental health problems after his wife committed suicide. Mm. But something else that he said, which was he come across a canal, a frozen river one day, and he had this unbelievable pool to go in. And that's what I had in my visions so it wasn't that I wanted to commit suicide or anything like that it was just this pool like the water was pulling me in and I thought this is for the first time it makes sense here is somebody they're not saying that my you know I'm mentally unwell or anything like that it was I could relate to what he was saying and I mean I, I hadn't even done yoga nothing breath work was way out of the box but I gave it a go um, and this was just in my bedroom at home. Um, I saw lights, electrical signals, colours, um, and I come out and it was just euphoria. How long did you do your first breathwork session for? Oh, I think maybe 12 minutes. And that 11-minute like, win one was a good yeah, one. Yeah, but this wasn't even around back then, though. I mean, this is going back. Um, I mean, Wim's website, it was so basic yeah, yeah. like seven years ago. Early you know, days, it was sick. super simple, but... Um, yeah, it was three rounds or something and I come out and I felt calm and I was peaceful and it's funny cause I thought, wow, I've never felt like this unless I was on drugs or alcohol. Mm. <laughs> and, um, I wasn't even going to give the cold shower a go cause I hated the cold, but that was so transformational. The breathing, I thought I'm just going to do it. Um, and I was very vocal in the cold shower for the first time. <laughs> Me too. You're going to be screaming at yourself. <laughs> yeah. But when I come out, uh, I was strong. I felt strength within and mm. I was present. And from that moment, I knew that I had found something that would change my life forever. Wow. I think that I had been almost unconsciously searching for it through exercise and healthy eating my whole life. You know, but I got to the stage where mentally I was drowning so much, you know, the sports, you know, the CrossFit at the time and, you know, the, the green smoothies, they, they didn't help me sleep. Mm. Yeah, It's trying to do rather than just be. That's what it sounds, Um, yeah, like getting that experience of breath work for the first time and leading you down that path is so special and it's something that, I think a lot of my listeners hopefully are open to because this is what this podcast is all about, mm -hmm. showing that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. There isn't a perfect story out there. There's unlimited ways to go through our life, but you have to be open to it. You have to at least be searching for it rather than being closed-minded going, no, nah, this is the way. This is just what's going to be my life. Yeah. That curiosity, I think, is so important. So once you found breath work, what was that next phase of your life like? Yeah, so um, I did it every day, you know, the breathing and the cold showers. And within two months, um, I knew I had to leave. I had to, you know, start again. And I talked my um, husband or my ex-husband um, into allowing me to take my boys to Jindabyne because I was just so drawn to the mountains. I had um, done some um, snowboarding for a weekend up there and come back. And um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And what was funny was that I got um, offered, because I had, I had no money back then. You know, mm. I just, I really, it was a, such a Struggle. struggle. Mm. And I didn't know the path. And this is what I tell people. 
we don't know it and that's okay but look after yourself take care of yourself be clear be healthy you know I had to give up even the coffee at the time because of the anxiety was so bad um, and you will be shown it um, but anyway this pool again the whispers you know the insights got to go to the mountains so I moved my boys up there and just got a unit um, and I think you know my work at the time was working behind a bar um, could never hold a job down you know it was cleaning it was a cafe job everything lasted like three to six months but I kept doing the breath work just by yourself with no intention of doing other thing other than just doing it that's right it was becoming it was part of my morning routine um, and I bought a plastic um, tub from Mitre 10 it was cost me 20 bucks and I would fill it up and it would just freeze on the surface because mm, this so is cold down there yeah like this is gingerbine and need to go buy ice it's perfect that's right um and again because back then it was just unheard of you know there was no chest freezers and ice baths yeah, yeah, and wow. things like that but um I could only get up to here you know and I was so into it I would I'd notice that I could heat the the water temperature up with my body mm -hmm. so I do the breathing beforehand and get in um but I could see the lake from my from my unit um from the balcony so I thought I might I might try and get into the lake and so I would go down there at seven in the morning and um within three or four days I'm like this is it's just too warm you know snow would be covering the mountain tops and and I thought I think I'm going to try and get into the river so I would drive down to the Threadbow River. There's a um, Threadbow picnic area. It's about five minutes from Jindy. Um, so I would start driving down there every morning and the place would be covered in frost. Mm. Sometimes it would be snowing. Um, and that first time I was driving down, I remember my thoughts, um, my mind going, what are you doing? You know, you've, this is just crazy. You should just stay under the doona where it's nice and warm um because you know it's minus five minus seven yeah, at this cold time. um and so i started to focus on my breath you know and i'd be on the bank and i'd be in my patagonia jacket and my um, my beanie and so i'd take everything off to my bikini and i would walk in and sit in there and oh my god it'd take my breath away some you know i would scream i would cry um but then when I would come out, I was, again, really present, strong, clear. I had energy. Um, and so I'd go down the next morning and, you know, something else would come up, like my heart would be beating fast or the sensations and the cold air. And I would um, tell myself to just be still, you know, Leah, bring your awareness to the breath and just calm down. And I would go into the water and then the pain would just be excruciating. It would feel, feel like someone had got a hammer and had smashed every one of my nails. Oh, I get that too with my fingers in ice. I get like it's circulation, isn't it? Something to do with your joints. I don't know. I'll I go into it. Yeah, we'll bring, bring that one up I will. later. And um, yeah, same with my, my feet. And again, I would say, Leo, just bring your awareness just back to the breath. You know, just let it go. Create that distance away from the pain. Um, because, again, there was no, there, there was barely anything online. Mm. There was nothing back then. 
Um, Wim had like a 60 second. This is how you take a cold shower and he put his hand in there and his foot. And I'm like, I'm getting into like, mm. this is next level it stuff. It sounds very similar to Wim, because I've read Wim's book. It sounds very similar to like in his book when he just, there's nothing out there to prove it, but he just felt drawn to go and get in that water each day. It was the one thing that he could go and do that would take his mind off his wife and he'd just go and sit in there and realize, oh, I can go a bit longer. I can go a bit longer. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was, for, you're doing it for survival. You know, it's funny, you, the thing that you think is the furthest away from survival, getting in freezing cold water, which can kill people, you're doing it for survival. It's such a yeah hard mindset, I'm sure, to overcome, but, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and so, you know, I would get out and I'd go to the cafe and someone would say, oh, what, what have you been up to? And I said, I've just been in the Threadbow River. And they'd turn their backs on me and walk away. You know, well, they go, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> like that. They couldn't fathom it, mm. you know. And so... I started to, I thought, oh, I'm not going to, this isn't a good way to make friends because I was so lonely. Um, so I'm just not going to tell anyone. And I kept it a secret, you know, for a year. Wow. And I just worked on myself. And I went off feeling because, again, no, there's no knowledge out there. And um, I got to, yeah, to really to know who I was. And within, um, again, going back to, you know, that first week I was going into the water creating distance away from everything I didn't like, focusing on my breath, calming myself down. I had this incredible experience where um, I was in there and I opened my eyes and I just become, I was, I'd become the river. I'd, I was the trees, you know, I was you and you were me and this incredible state of um, oneness, this feeling, and it was remarkable. And when I got out and I was driving home, I just remember laughing and just thinking, I get it. You know, like I I didn't fear death anymore. And it was like, it was like a meeting like with, with my spirit. You know, I I understood that it's like, Leah, you're not your mind and your body. You're just in this, you know, to get to know it, to, to understand how it works and to experience life, to adventure in life. Um, and, you know, I tell people who come to my retreats, it's really how I pass on this way of life is creating distance. And um, it was it all come from these moments in the river, you know, in the early yeah. days. Um, but, yeah, and it helped me cope. You know, I was going through a divorce. I went through a divorce with a smile on my face. Mm. You know, from, that, from those moments on, you know, again, I kept losing jobs and the old me would have crawled up in bed and couldn't get out. Um, but I just would shrug my shoulders and I thought, oh, well, tomorrow's a new day. I've got to get in the ice again tomorrow. It's way harder to deal with. But well, that's this... one of the best things about ice baths and cold showers is putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, overcoming it, mm. proves to you physically and mentally that you can overcome any challenge that comes your way that day. That's exactly right. And there is so much that goes into that, mm. you know, mentally and physically, you know, the psychological yeah. part. And Which I want to get into in a second, but I just quickly mm. want to, for one, congratulate you on the, for one, courage to go against the status quo of what the doctor said. Like the sad thing is 99% of women in your position would have gone, all right, I'll take those pills. This is going to make me feel better. This is the right way. And most of us don't know better and it's so brave for one of you to take that path and to follow your intuition and just believe that there's another way because so many of us now get societally trapped in this direction that the pharmaceutical companies kind of push that the media pushes that 
hey, mental health is this big sad thing here. Take these pills. It'll make mm. you feel better or fix this chemical imbalance. When the chemical imbalance is a really good thing to bring up with you because like you said before, I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't on um, alcohol. What they do is change the chemicals in our brain. But guess what else changes chemicals in our brain? Our breath, if we use it in the right way. Our cold water, if we use it in the right way which I'm very excited to get into a bit more of your training and the science behind it and the understanding and the why. So yeah, when did that next stage happen after you started to do it yourself and realize, hey, there's more to this? Mm. So I got the op- I had the opportunity to, um, to go overseas and um, Wim's an advertisement to stay in Wim's house for the expeditions, which are quite popular Norway? now. Um, Poland. Poland. And, um, yeah, I tossed up between, you know, hiking the pole and, um, but I chose to do the expedition, which was, it was the only, the second time that they'd had one that wow. they'd released to the, That's so cool. to the world. And for the six days with this group of, you know, 25, um, 20, 23 men, then there was one other woman there and we just lived in survival mode. It was the craziest, you know, we were jumping off rocks into ice with water. Wind? No, not with Wim. I did it with two of the other, um, two other instructors, yeah. which was great. Like I'd met Wim. He come to Sydney. Um, that was the first time he come to Sydney. I had a few people who were friends with him that are like, one day I want to go and do one with him one day and like do a content thing there. Yeah, you should. It's on my bucket list. I'm like manifesting it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, I mean, this is skewy thing a bit, yeah. but I just come back from Spain, so I just worked with him for a week. No way. Yeah, and we took 125 people from around the world. Oh my god! Um, I'm so excited to catch back up to this. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. What happened in between here? Yeah, yeah, but um, so we did that. You know, I hiked a mountain in my shorts, and this was like minus 25. Wow. The wind. Ooh. Um, but I, I I nailed it. Yeah. Because of what I'd been doing, you know, in the snowy mountains and. We are capable of so much more than we think. I love to teach people that, to show, but to, not even to show them. I just create the environment and they do it themselves, yeah, you know. Exactly. But on the plane, I was, I had a cry and I was like, I don't want to leave because we become like family. The bonding side is when you do stuff like that is just, mm. it's huge. Mm. Um, was that, that to become an instructor or was that just an experience? That was just the expedition. Okay. Cool. So I hadn't, on the plane ride coming back, that's when I thought, I've got to bring this to Australia. Um, and again, I was like, Leah, you're bloody crazy. There's, you haven't even got one person that wants to do it with you, but already I knew matter. inside of me that I had, it was my path, you mm. know, that I'd found my purpose. Um, and then that's when, like, everything changed again. I just felt like I, you know, I stepped up, I... I was fulfilled. This is, I'd be studying 11, 12 hours a, you know, a day. And I said to my boys, oh, I've got to step back from work. You know, we might, you know, I can't really, you know, buy you stuff all the time. You know, I'll have a little bit less money. Like, it's okay, mum. You know, you Good do. On. Yeah. You know, you know, young kids, they're just yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful. Such our teachers. Um, but that's what I did. You know, I flew to the US twice um, because the course was, you know, it was Europe or US at this point and yeah. I chose to do US and become an instructor and within six months I took the first Wim Hof Method retreat in the snowy mountains. Wow. So you're the yeah. first Australian Wim Hof instructor in the um, group of the first kind of? There was, I was the second. Wow. So there was about three or four guys in Melbourne 
Um, they did the ice baths and everything. Yeah. But yeah, first in like natural rivers. Wow. In nature. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so lots what was of first though? Yeah, what Take was women's retreats and all yeah, types? Yeah, of... we're gonna catch up to this. What was um, what was part of the training? What what did it entail? You can go as deep as you want, but I I love hearing about the science side of stuff and understanding yeah. that there's not just this woo woo thing. Because I yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. the science behind it all. So what were the sort of things that you were getting taught, and how much did that open your awareness to? explaining why what was happening to you was happening yeah yeah great question so the first course in LA we kind of got given all the information it's all online now but um yeah uh it was uh lectures podcasts um the lectures were from like scientists who jumped on board at the time there was the syllabus and then there was the science papers because he's wins taken at yeah, them. Yeah. How long ago was this, by the way? I'm just trying to like um, wrap my head around the Because you listen to the Joe Rogan years. thing first. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was. So he'd already years. got a tiny bit of recognition, Wim, if he's on Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then, yeah. But so it, this was, is f- it was huge in Europe. Yeah. Getting bigger in the US. But then Oz was, was behind. Yeah. Yeah. Take a while to get over the water. Yeah. <laughs> we do sometimes. Yeah. Today. Um, so, yeah, let's get into what was in the yeah. education side of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, back then, I think there was only about, I shouldn't even say only, but maybe six um, six published papers. But the famous one, the one that got the biggest recognition was how we use our nervous system to influence our immune response. Go rid of those E. coli. That's right. That the endotoxin. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was incredible yeah. stuff. Do you want to explain that kind of to the yeah. listeners? Because I feel like most people won't understand that, but just explain the power of what the breath can do. Yeah, for sure. So um, Wim initially um, went to Ratbound University, which is in the Netherlands, um, and they injected him. And this is just to cut this first one short. Yeah. Um, he used his breath, got rid of the virus, and they said, but you're special. You're Wim Hof, you're the Iceman. He said, no, no, everyone can do this. So what he did is he trained 20 men in the mountains of Poland um, for four four days. Um, and then he went took them to the university. They The scientists um, chose 12 men. Then they had another 12 men who were untrained. Um, they injected them with the endotoxin. Um, Wim's crew started to do the breath work. Just the vanilla Wim Hof breathing and the power breathing. Um, and, you know, the, the endotoxin is headaches, vomiting, sweats. It's your usual, you know, cold, flu, mm. the virus. Virus, yeah. Um, so the 12 who are untrained all experienced, all had those symptoms. They were really sick. Wim's crew didn't. So that showed the power of how we're using our breath to influence our nervous system. We create adrenaline. Um, it influences the immune response and the adaptive um, and the innate. Mm. So it reduces inflammation and promotes leukocytosis, which is more white blood cells. Huh. Now, this is powerful for everyone. It's, it draws so many um, people with autoimmune diseases, but we can be doing it now. We can be helping ourselves when we get a cold, mm. when we get a virus. We can be using this breath work. But what you'll notice if you engage in the method, make it a commitment, you start to, you know, get sick, mm. you know, or it's a snotty nose and everyone else is in bed around you. 
Mm. Imagine if we rolled that out instead of vaccines last year. Well, that's what I was doing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Let's not let's not get into the vaccine <laughs> chat. Um, but that's the thing. It, it baffles me that there's so many great things, modalities, um, techniques that we can use that have a profound benefit on us from things like meditation, breath work, mm. ice baths, gratitude that have this profound effect on our chemicals in our body. Yet, because nobody's profiting off it, it's very hard to kind of cut through. Like the media is not talking about it that much. The yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. I mean, it all everything in the world's led by money. But the more people like yourself who can really start to get the news out there about what's um what is available to us, and the thing about our breath, I I teach um not Wim Hof method, but I just teach um diaphragm breathing. I do like three breaths just when I do my workshops, and just go. Most people don't know that if you breathe through your nose to the bottom of your stomach, it can lower your heart rate. We have this tool that can change our systems and everybody has it. It's like having a hammer in your tool belt that bangs against your leg your whole life, but you actually never pull it out of your tool belt and use it to do anything with it. Our breath is there for everybody, but most of us aren't using it. So do you want to explain, But I want to, while we're still in this education part, do you want to explain what the breathing is? Yeah. Maybe at the end we can do a little five-minute one just to like yeah, have at sure. the tail end of the podcast for people to um, come back to if they want to. Mm-hmm. But let's, um, yeah, do you want to explain basically what the Wim Hof method is and what the breathing technique entails and maybe explain what is happening to us physiologically while we're doing it yeah for sure okay all right so and then we'll get into your journey of teaching yep no worries so So, people understand it sorry i'll I'll stop cutting you off (laughs) (laughs) so exciting it is i love talking i love talking about this stuff this is like something that i'm so excited you're my first i do have a few breath work friends who i am going to get on the podcast but you're my first breath work instructor to come on so um, hopefully it's exposing a whole new thing to a lot of people. So yeah, let's explain it from the dumbest version we can. Yeah, cool. Not dumbest. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Easiest to understand. Easiest to understand. Okay. So initially the Wim Hof method um, is three pillars. So it's the breath work, the gradual cold exposure and the mindset and focus. The breath work. Um, it is, it comprises of 30 to 40 breaths, deep inhales, a controlled hyperventilation, like you said, diaphragmatic breathing. Okay, followed by a hold of the exhale, which is the retention phase. So you are holding your breath for as long as you can until you feel the urge to breathe. When you feel that urge to breathe, you take a full breath in and you hold for 15 seconds. So this is the recovery breath phase. That's one round. And I like to tell people do three to five rounds in the morning when they wake up. Mm. So do you want to explain now we understand it? Mm-hmm. We're at the end, maybe we'll do it so people can hear it. But basically, it's breathing all the way to the bottom of your stomach, making the bottom of your stomach rise, and then breathing it out. So, what's happening? Why, like, why is yeah. this so beneficial to us? Okay. Um. So let's uh, let's start off with what's happening. Yeah. Okay, because it's, it's what's a happening lot. differently because people are like I breathe all the time. What's happening differently to a normal breath? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just thinking, what system do I start in? I might. <laughs> Because we've got... Oxygenation, you could go to, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, let's start with the biochemistry. Yeah. All right, so when we're um, engaging in deep breathing, which is the controlled hyperventilation, taking your full breath in and you're just letting a little bit of the CO2 go. So it's a full breath in and a let go. So you're breathing in oxygen and you're releasing carbon dioxide. We already have a high oxygen state within our body. 
Um, people can get an oximeter if they're into measurements. Um, not on my wrist. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> 90, 98% with the Apple Watch. Perfect. Um, that's healthy. You're alive. Epic. <laughs> and uh, most people range between 96, you know, 96% and, you know, 99, 100. Yeah. Um, so in this deep breathing phase, we have high oxygen and low carbon dioxide. So when we hold our breath, so this is um, respiratory alkalosis. We're alkalizing the blood in this state. Mm. <laughs> alkalizing the blood. When we hold our breath, what starts to happen? The oxygen starts to drop, okay, and the CO2 starts to rise. So actually going back to the deep breathing phase, it's also called the Bohr effect because what happens is when we're hyperventilating, oxygen binds to hemoglobin, so red blood cells. This is a lot, but this no, is as good. simple as I can. No, no, I'm, I, yeah. I understand it a little bit, and I've read a okay. bunch of stuff on it, so I fully understand. I'm just more so thinking the listeners right now, but I love yeah. um, hearing different explanations of it because it gives me a better understanding of it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've got the bore effect. Then again, the next phase, um, which is the retention phase, the breath hold. Um, we, have, we start to get high CO2, low oxygen, um, and this is acidosis. All right, so we um, have, um, we're um, acidic, the mm. blood's going acidic. So we have alkalizing the blood, then we're making it acidic. But this phase, what happens is the high CO2, um, it's, we go into a state of intermittent hy hypoxia. And high CO2 allows the let go of the bind from the from um, the red blood cells and allows the oxygen to go down into the cells and the tissues where it's used for building blocks and breaking down food. Mm -hmm. Okay, so stay with me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the recovery breath just brings oxygen and carbon dioxide back out to a balance. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're um, we're alkalizing the system. We're taking it to acidosis. Um, the the nervous system, when we're deep breathing, the controlled hyperventilation is the sympathetic nervous system. Our heart's beating fast. Our breath is, you know, our respiratory system is faster. Mm -hmm. um, we start to sweat. You know, blood rushes out to our hands and our legs, um, trying to make sure, making us run away. You know, it's like the threat mm -hmm. state, the sympathetic nervous system. Um, the... Um, you know, our, you know, what else, how our, our pupils dilate. Most people would know this stage if they're um, highly stressed, they're having a difficult conversation, um, if they're, um, you know, they have financial problems, they're in a relationship they don't want to like, they, they don't like, they mm. want to get out of. Um, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, anxiety as well. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. Um but we go into it short term and then the recovery breath phase, when we hold our breath, when we let we breathe with a long exhale and we hold it, it stimulates the vagus nerve and takes us into parasympathetic, which has the opposite effect on all of our organs. So we start to calm down. All right, so this is one aspect that's so brilliant about the Wim Hof, this Wim Hof method breathing technique is it's teaching our body to calm down mm. into parasympathetic. So we're going sympathetic, parasympathetic. 
Um, you know, in regards to our cardiovascular system, it's opening and closing all the time, but we're getting plenty of blood flow throughout our body. We're influ influencing our immune response. And there's benefits in both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic in the deep breathing phase and in um, the retention phase. But the most benefits is in the breath hold, holding mm -hmm. the breath. Um, there's the intermittent hypoxia, which is how cells sense oxygen. Um, this was actually awarded to three scientists about two years ago. They um, were given the Nobel Prize wow. for for this for how for figuring out how the cells sense yeah sense oxygen, and it has scientific based benefits that include improving um, memory and performance. Enhancing memory and performance, um, um, really, uh, really getting rid of states of um, sorry depression. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, getting rid of depressive states, um, inflammation, reducing inflammation, um, and what's another one? It's it's a um, anaerobic and anaerobic um, performance within the body mm. as well. Well, it just makes sense. It's giving the body. I mean, my definition of good mental health is our ability to bounce back from tough times. And that's literally in a very short time span. What you're doing with breath work, you're putting your body in parasympathetic uh, yep. and then back into parasympathetic. And it's teaching you to bounce back from those hard times just in a very shortened time span. Yeah, it's, it's teaching you that. So it's creating, you, creating consciousness mm. of how your nervous system works. This is brilliant for people who suffer from anxiety. Mm. A pill won't do this. A, taking a pill will not teach you how your nervous system works. You can engage in this breathing. You can get to know how your body feels in these two states. Mm. Um, but something else that I want to mention is that in society these days, we are on the go. We're constant. Um, we're seeing, you know, these neurological diseases um, cancer and autoimmune because we're on the go all of the time. I mean, it's not the only reason. Obviously, there's food and mm. you know many other rabbit holes, but this is a big one. So this breathing teaches you, teaches us to go into parasympathetic. People have not calmed down mm. some at all. They yeah. don't know how to. It's crazy. It's like with, yeah, with the world that we live in in our days, there's, I mean, most diseases are inflammation diseases, really. Mm -hmm. Yet, it's crazy how many people whose feet don't touch the actual bare ground ever and, like, ground themselves. We won't get into the grounding chat, but I'm sure you're very aware of it. I saw you rock yeah. without shoes on today. So I was like, yes, yeah, she knows all about grounding. But breath work is another way to fight against inflammation. And, yeah, it's crazy how much or how little most people are doing to fight against inflammation. Whereas most things that we do builds inflammation from what we eat to, yeah, so much more that is affecting us in our life. For sure. Like even environmental and stuff like that. But that's, again, the cold exposure. Mm. Yeah, so let's talk about phase two. So yeah. we understand what the breathing's doing. Mm -hmm. So then let's talk about the cold exposure, which is, yeah, pillar two of the Wim Hof method. Yeah, for sure. So um, when we go into uh, the water, when we go into the ice water, we, um, what happens? We lose our, you know, we struggle to breathe, you know, our respiratory rates increased. Um, we, you know, some people, they may panic. Um, 
and again pupils dilate um, and what is that phase what is what is that nervous system parasympathetic no the other one sympathetic that's right i always get them wrong and so when we're in the ice bath we use our breath again long exhales to calm down um to stimulate the vagus nerve and we go into parasympathetic that's right yeah, fight or flight it's yes. crazy you would have seen so many but the amount of times that i've watched friends get into an ice bath for the first time who are like strong grown men like tough guys and then oh no, no. it's like crazy how people how little control we ha- so many have over their mind that's right mm. yeah yeah for sure but it's also it's brilliant i tell people uh, so many don't do it because of that reason and i'm like this is beneficial. Mm. You're releasing trauma. You're releasing pain. Let it go. Yeah. Cry. Like, have a moment. This is all part of life. Mm. Feel. Mm. Feel. Breathe. Breathe. Yeah. Take control. And then you calm down. People calm down. And this is why it helps. It, you go to a good instructor. Yeah. It's, you know, the Wim Hof, it's quality. We've had so much training. Yeah. We're passionate. You know, we know our stuff. But, um, and then they, they calm down and they just like open their eyes and they're like, I, I did it. I'm mm. here and it's actually not that bad. Yeah. And then the second time they do it, it takes their breath away even less yeah. than the third time. And then you, when you're going in, you've made it a habit, the, the heart just flutters. Mm. You are so on top of your stress response that nothing else in the day is stressful. Mm. What you thought was stressful is not stressful yeah, at all. Absolutely. It is training. You are training yourself. You're getting to know yourself. But when you can do it, like say at a retreat, you come into nature, like this is big shifts. This mm. is transformational. You know, things come up. It's There's childhood trauma. It goes so much deeper than the science. Mm. I love the science. People love the science, you know, brings a lot of people in. Um, but yeah, they go, wow, this is actually mm. life changing. The science is one thing <laughs> and then actually having to get in that cold water is another thing. So do you want to just quickly touch on the science? What is happening when we do get in an ice bath? Because yeah. my understanding and the way that I kind of feel it's like, and this is probably a bit off the mark, but it's like almost everything freezes and you like, everything kind of feels like it's starting to slowly switch off and then you get out and it's like your blood goes boof, like everything just fires off and it's just like fresh blood goes to all of your body and it's like, woof, you're like reinvigorated. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's great observation. Mm. Pretty much. I can just add some big, bigger words. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we have our cardiovascular system, which is a hundred thousand kilometers of veins, arteries, vessels, capillaries all throughout our body. So it's enough to go around the world two and a half times. And when we go into the ice water, this system uh, narrows so it closes up, especially in our extremities. So in our fingers yeah. and in our toes. So that's why people feel so much pain. Yeah, I get this everything. pain in my knuckles and stuff. And I don't know. I also, when I go surfing, if I'm in a steamer and the water's cold, my hands and feet go so red and itchy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that can che- be, I've never um, checked anything. I've never asked anyone really about it. but There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's called um, cold u- u- uritis. I think that's the name for it. Wow, um, but it happens. Itchy and red. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so I just don't go in cold water surfing that much anymore. <laughs> y- yeah, but you get over it. I do. I do. Then my toes go one by one. They go white. 
and I can't feel them. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really good for you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not bad. And most people, it happens and they once or twice and they don't go back in, but I'm like, keep doing it yeah. because that's what gets rid of it. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I still have cold water all the time. And it definitely has probably gotten worse the older I've gotten. Okay. I never remember it being as a kid, like it happening, but now I'm older. Like if I surf in cold water, my hands and feet, if I'm in a steamer, mm-hmm. my hands and feet just go burning and like bright red. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and then when you come out, the cardiovascular system opens up. Yeah. So that's where, sorry, to actually jump back a little bit, that blood flow, when we um, constrict, comes up into the core. Yeah, it's like all your extremities come in. It's like, all right, protect the heart and the brain. And then once it's like, oh, wait, I'm not in cold anymore. It's like, let's give everything all this fresh blood that we've like kicked into gear. That's right. Mm. How brilliant. Yeah, I love it. And we can get that effect from a cold shower as well because that's like, Obviously, coming to like one of your retreats, getting in an ice bath, getting in some really cold water in nature is ideal. But for your everyday person to be able to get these benefits, how can yeah they add that into their daily ritual or daily routine? Yeah, I mean it's great for them to start with the cold shower. Mm. Um, but the colder they get into, the more you know the noradrenaline and the yeah. dopamine we release, um, the deeper it yeah. gets. Um, so start with the cold shower. Yeah. Um, buy bags of ice. Put them in your bathtub. Mm. You know, I tell people start with three bags, but you know, after a couple of weeks, I want to see twelve bags in there. Yeah. You know, this is an ice bath. Yeah. It's not a pool party. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's um something that everybody listening can very easily go and do. Whether it be typing on like oh, this is literally what I do. I just type in on YouTube guided Wim Hof either ten or twenty minutes. Like I like I think the four. I think the fourth round is where I get my hit. If I just do the 11 minute one, hmm. I don't know if I've done it too much now that it's kind of like, eh. Like I like the one that goes like four rounds and it goes like two, two and a half, three, three and a half holds. And that's where I'm like at now. But to be honest, I'm going to be honest, I haven't done breath work in a while. And, I'm, and you, you've inspired me to get back into it because I understand the benefits and I go through these flows with it. But um, um, I've been doing like Vedic meditation recently when I wake up. I'm going to add breath work back into it. Yeah. Um. But we've been going for so long, not so long, but like this is amazing. This is a brilliant conversation. I'm so intrigued. But I want to get into quickly before we get close to the end, Mm -hmm. um, your journey with coaching now and what that next stage was once you had your coaching and then it's kind of a good opportunity to let people know what you do now with your work and, yeah, let people know all about that next stage. Awesome. All right, how long do I have? Yeah, I know, far out. No, we can go as long as you want. No, we're chilling. You can come. No, no, we're good. We can go as long as we need. Okay. we got nothing on. All right. Uh, so in the early days, like I said, you know, it was um, 10 to 12 hours of study, just complete passion, loved it. Um, but two to three people would come to my workshops, you know, no one knew about it. They're like, Wim what? Mm, Wim what? Yeah, <laughs> Wim what? Um, A lot of barrier entry too, like, oh, cold water. Mm, yeah, no. Oh, man, I've copped and heard everything. Yeah, you know? every excuse, huh? Oh, but I just Not like... good for me. It's like, oh, I grew up in the heat. Eh? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. You're weird. And it's uh, such... I love it now, hey? I'm like, yes, I am. Crazy and weird sounds way better than <laughs> normal and working nine to five in an office. That sounds crazy and weird to me. Yeah, but, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure back. I did as well. Like, crazy and weird was probably being in a relationship that was toxic that you weren't happy in, but that's normal and doing being the happy vibrant person you are now is crazy and weird it's like 
I'll take crazy and weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is like people would say that to me on the street and I'm like, but I can see how depressed you are. Yeah, like I'm crazy and weird because I'm happy. Yeah, it's crazy. I like the crazy weird ones are the happy people now. It's like, oh, oh. I feel like I get out of the river and I'm like, life is great. God, mm. I love life. It's like if you walk down the street and somebody is sitting against a tree meditating, people, you love five people walking past on their phone and go, look at that weirdo. Mm. And it's like, wait, I'm sitting here connecting and just, being still and you're flicking through Instagram and I'm the weird one. Anyway, yeah, yeah let's take talk Times about are changing, but we're it changing. Them yeah, I know we are. One <laughs> one podcast episode and breathwork um, session at a time. Yeah, yeah. But um, so it started off slow, you know, but that was okay. Again, you bring in the trust. Mm. And then I started to get the odd um, like uh, magazine, um, magazine article and um, newspaper. And so it slowly, I could slowly started to get into the media. A little bit mm-hmm. um and my i had um and it was word of mouth you know that was probably Sells better itself, yeah. than the gram for me yeah. people would come to the retreats and just be blown away and i would say to them could you just tell one person mm. you know tell one person if you know you love this experience so much and um and i actually this is a little skew if from the old journey but I did a season of Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh, no way. So they called me and wanted me to be on the show. And, you know, I was single at the time. I, I spent six years single after my divorce um, working on me. Yeah. <laughs> and my life. Um, and I just saw it as a challenge. I thought, why not? Because, you know, I just didn't fear mm. anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give that a go. Um, so that was another big break that also brought people in. How long ago was um, that? That was, it was aired last year, filmed the year before. That blew people, hey. They're like, because <laughs> I didn't even own a TV. No way. I turned so up good. to film this show epic. and I'm like, so what are we doing? Because I've never mm. seen an episode. No way. That's <laughs> epic. I love it. Um, but then from there, you know, I got, um, there was an article in Vogue, um, you know, just Marie Claire. Um, one of the, the writers, she actually come to the retreat, my singles retreat. Epic. Yeah, so that was brilliant. Um, But I also, you know, I worked for Women Thailand just before COVID hit. So um, Wim's daughter called me and just said, could you come over and help dad out? And um, COVID hit. And yeah, I just focused on building the retreats because they're my passion. Mm. You know, I take workshops around the country, all the world, you know, Czech Republic, Utah, done all of that. Um, And like I said, just come back from Spain with Wim um, but yeah, my passion lies in the snowy mountains or just taking people through this way of life for at least three days. Mm. That's where the brilliance. I'm 100% coming to one next year, by the way, with you. Come. I'm coming. Like, I was I'm booked in to, to do one with Wim 2020. Was he meant to come and do one like in Threadbow or something like two years ago? Or was there one in Threadbow? Maybe it wasn't with him, but I was booked into. It might have even been one of your ones. Did you have to cancel one last year? I cancelled 15 because of the New South Wales government regulations. I have a friend, you might know, because he kind of, he knows Wim, um, John Winning. Yeah. Herman Winning. Yeah. Herman's, oh, Herman's you, a good, yeah, Herman's a great friend of mine. That was me. Yeah, yeah. So the one, Herman was meant to come. Yeah. So I was booked in to no. probably, so Herman paid for me, my friend Alex and him to come. And then he messaged me last minute going, he couldn't come, but he's like, you two guys still go. 
and then it got cancelled anyway. This is such a small world. How many of those probably booked you, in to come to me? Do you know what I had in store for you guys? Oh. I was hiking you to Mount Kosciuszko. I hiked to Mount Kosciuszko a couple of weeks ago with my friend um, Ben Tudhope, who got Paralympian of the year. Anyway, so many connected things. But I'm going to bring wow. some people to your camp next but, year. Yeah, but I, you, I would have, you would have been in your shorts, mate. I in would have been all for it. Snow. <laughs> me and my friend Alex, uh, me and my friend Alex, uh, um, are, are very open to trying to challenge ourselves and do yeah. stuff like that. Like we went to the snow and we drove there and we got in at like eight thirty at night and we're like, nah, we told ourselves we're going, so we like parked up and put the lights on like Jindabyne and just jumped in and did our five minutes. Like I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So we, and then like and then we jumped <laughs> off Guthaga Dam into the water like at the dam there. Yeah, cool. Which was cool. And we like jumped in there, which is fun, but. Yeah, let's kind of to get close to the end. What um, how can people learn more about your experiences? What does one of your three day experiences look like? If someone's like, you know what, screw it, I want to take a step out of my comfort zone. When are your next ones coming up? How can people yeah get involved with your practice? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, I'm in workshop season now, yep. summertime. So I'm just flying around. People go on my website, which is Leah Scott um, dot net. Um, they'll find my upcoming events. Yeah. Um, the retreats start in May, I think next year Epic. and then they'll go through winter and they average, um, yeah, three to four days and, um, different budgets as well. Um, I don't like to go into too much about what we do, but I do tell people know that it is live breathwork performances. So I have an incredible musician. Incredible. Awesome. This is not pressing play on Spotify. This is a performance. Wow. Um, so there's going to be, and that's every morning. Um, we'll be getting into ice water, into the Threadbow River, and you will be training yourself to hike that mountain in your shorts on the second last day with epic food too. I've got the most amazing, beautiful chef now. It's I can't wait. I'm coming. Like I said, I was booked into yeah. one. I didn't. I mean, have Bring fun. John. Yeah, I will. Herman will be there. Herman will be there. I'm speaking at, you might even be speaking at his event he's doing in like March next year. No. Uh, he's doing some big event. Um, I don't know if it's ever been announced, but um, I'm like doing my little good human thing, but. Cool, get me on board. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my I'll, ice I'll, baths. Yeah, I'll have to let him know. It'd be sick. But um, this has been an amazing chat. This has fascinated me. I'm so into this stuff. And it's so I just loved hearing your journey because I'm sure you probably come on podcasts all the time and talk about the breath work. But to understand the why and you kind of being lost, I think a lot of people are going to get out of that too because my audience is about 55 to 60% young females. So I think it might give a bit of hope to people who might be in a bit of a relationship and feel like there's something more. I think you're a great example of seeking that something more and not taking the status quo as your future, um, which for me is super inspiring. And I know so many people listening to this would um, have got a lot out of it too and at least hopefully might be exposed to breathwork. Um, yeah, what are your kind of resources if somebody might not be able to get to one of your retreats or might want to try it out first? Do you have any resources that you point people in to maybe just give it a try first like you did yeah for sure so um i've got lots of education on my instagram okay um so that's at leah scotty but they can also jump onto the wim hof method yeah so the platform like i said the wim hof like just type in on youtube give it a try give it a few yeah. tries see if you like it um and even if you don't like it you should probably lean more into it and come to one of your yeah, retreats or something because i i can attest for it it is life-changing it's something that really shows you how much more we are capable of than we think yeah and i just always tell people because the most common response they come and they're like i'm nervous what am i doing here you should be and yeah, <laughs> yeah. no but in a good way like if you're not nervous and you're probably 
got something wrong with you if you're not nervous yeah. about doing well, a new experience. It's new. Exactly. And so they just don't understand the brain. It's supposed to act like that, mm. right? But um, they're loved and supported for the whole weekend. You know, it's we crowd with the best team and um, it's community. Again, like I said, everyone bonds. Everyone helps one mm. another. They're in a group. They are not on their own. How big are the groups usually? What's like a... About 20, 25. Okay. That's the average. I reckon we can try and tee up a good human factory kind of group through like some of my community. I reckon yeah. there'd be... A, hopefully after this podcast, maybe reach out to me if you'd want to do something that is like our, not our, but like part of the good human community because I feel like there'd be a lot of people open to it and be good fun. I would Bring a bunch that. of my ambassadors, like top level athletes to come and yeah, jump yeah. in some water. Um, I take private retreats all the time. Okay. So I've got the public ones that they can book online or we create. Yeah, we maybe create we can create own. one. Yes. Epic. Well, I'm actually lining up a Bali retreat in like July. Maybe we can like start with like the challenge yourself and then the Bali is like a reset retreat. Love um, that. But amazing. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. This has been incredible. For one, just getting to know you, like for anyone listening, we literally probably said 20 words to each other before we even click recording and now I feel like I really know you. Yeah. So hopefully um, you'll get to know my story along the way as well a bit more with what I do. But it's been, yeah, phenomenal getting to know your journey and, um, yeah, the path that you've been on to get to where you are today and the amount of people obviously and impact that you get to have in your life which as you know i mean 10 years ago you would have been in your wildest dreams to be able to do what you do now which is just so phenomenal but the question i do finish every good humans podcast with is what does being a good human mean to leah scott Ooh, brilliant question i would say um looking after yourself getting to know yourself focus on you Focus on your inner world. Um, if you're in suffering, there is gifts in all of that. Mm. Um, when we focus on us, then it's a ripple effect. That that just leads to authenticity, vulnerability, joy, happiness, loving life, um, you know, peacefulness, which is, you know... Um, like I said, a ripple effect to our community, our friends, our family. If everyone just focused on themselves 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes, use your tools, make yourself rebalanced, happy, mm. excited for life. I love that you say 15 minutes because a big concept with the Good Human Factory is 1% of your day for your mental health and 1% of a 24-hour day is like 14 minutes and 20 seconds or something, I think. Oh, yeah. So there you go. So we have a thing called the 1% Club where every morning I send a guided 10-minute meditation and every single night I send three things I'm grateful for, which is like 10 minutes meditation, four minutes gratitude. Mm -hmm. There's 1% for your mental health, but now we'll add maybe 1.5% and, and add the breath work into it as well. But I just think it's so important that all of us at least show up for 1% of our day for ourselves, and most of us aren't, so... Let that be a little reminder. I will leave in the show notes um, links to your retreats, to your social media and everything so people can find that. And, yeah, any last words you want to give to the listeners? Um, don't give up. I say keep going. Like I said, there's a gift in all of our suffering. Work through it. Focus on very small um, choices every day. Just try and be in the moment. Bring yourself back to centre. Um, and again, focus on those tools um, because when we engage in them, we start to listen to our intuition and your path will unfold. Trust. Incredible. Trust. We've all got something to share with the world. 
I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved every minute of today's episode. If you are enjoying the episode and you did enjoy what Leah said today, please tag myself and Leah on Instagram. Um, and yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. So grateful. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.